ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. And today we are talking about converged technology, how to build a bridge between expectations and implementations. And our guest is Pierre Borgex. Pierre, how are you? Very good, very good. Nice to meet you. You too. So Pierre, this is an interesting conversation because obviously building the bridge between expectations and implementation is always a challenge. Can you maybe start off by giving us a little bit of history or a a bit of background on who you are and what you do? Sure. So, you know, I started out in the industry over 35 years ago. I actually started out at the RAND Corporation, which is is an intelligence gathering agency of the United States government, private agency. Um, and went from there to security, security uh, State Department Security Services uh, as a subcontractor to the RAND Corporation. So I'd worked really much, pretty much in the, in the intelligence world and then moved into technology soon after because obviously that was a critical component, component of our success. Uh, we moved from obviously the basic communication systems and satellite communication systems and started looking at integrating all types of cameras and, and access control and uh, worked uh, alongside that world for a period of five to six years uh, throughout uh, the world and, and did a lot of different work for the government um, and then ended up uh, doing consulting for the large McDonnell Douglas and Lockheed Martin type companies. Um, and through that, uh, realized that uh, the integration of systems and convergence of systems was taking place, you know, even really the late 90s, uh, which still was very rudimentary. But the reality is, is that as we moved into the, you know, post 9-11 world in the United States, we realized that convergent communication systems were critical. And that really, really adopted a new concept. And that I traversed into the IT world, the cyber world, and back into the physical security world where I started writing a lot of articles about this industry and started working with industry leaders to try to change it and really change it for the, for the better. So obviously there's a couple of parts to this and it's not a simple question, but in your experience from all you've seen over the years, what do you feel is often the biggest obstacle or the biggest misconnect between implementation and expectations with regards to converged systems? So one of the things is the knowledge of its capabilities and expectation of what it delivers, right? I think that many manufacturers have, uh, you know, really wonderful concepts of hopium. I call it hopium is a wonderful drug because everybody hopes that it works. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, you have to look at it with with both both wide eyes opened and understand what it really is supposed to do. What is the expectation of a system? And I think that that's really critical. The next part of it is education. You know, we have to, first of all, understand the technology or product, then we have to understand the expectation of what it's supposed to deliver, and then educating ourselves in terms of how to do it. But that means conversing with other parties in your organization, and that means your stakeholders have to understand how to work together and understand what are, the, what are our combined expectations and what the results are intended to be. Uh, and I think that's, again, one of the challenges. I think most people don't really know what the intent is. They don't, they don't really even understand the expectation. And so I always tie that to understanding the acceptable level of risk of an organization, uh, adapting, kind of, you know, looking at technology, not only from solving one problem, but solving many problems. Because convergence of systems really help you do that, right? And that's, that's not just IT and cyber and physical. It's really more of a converged approach to people, process, and technology as a combined element. You have to have the people that communicate, you have the process and, and, and policy procedures that are more unified, and then you have to have the technology because it's adaptive to IT, OT, operational technology, IOT, which is in, Internet of Things, and then intelligent IOT, as well as physical security elements. Sure. 
So to come back to the first part of what you were talking about there, understanding the needs and understanding the, the capabilities, how often is it in your experience that the customers don't necessarily properly understand the needs? And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. We discussed this a little bit before the podcast. To use a crude analogy, the customer thinks, oh, okay, I, I need a hole in the wall, so I'm going to buy an electric drill. But what they actually need is a hole in the wall, not an electric drill. There's five different other ways that they can get a hole in the wall. How often in the context of security is it the case that the customer just hasn't understood properly what they're trying to do? 100%. And I think that's that's one of the biggest limitations to success of any really operation, opportunity uh, to deliver a system is that they must understand exactly what they're trying to accomplish with the tools they're using. So if their expectation is a hole in the wall, then you don't just use a drill, you use a sledgehammer to open up that hole. Um, and a contractor to actually make sure that the hole is nicely you know, set up so you can put a door if you have to. I think that that's the problem. And I think that then again, you know, one of the things is the rush to a solution. Many people try to solve a problem very quickly, band-aiding, I call it, on a consistent basis. And one of the reasons why that happens is that they are expected to be able to solve a problem because the problem is there. Well, how about really thinking about what, what other solutions can fix that problem? And then what is the expectation, you know, at the end of the day? And the whole is a good analogy. Yep. Now, something you touched on during your presentation, which I thought was interesting to cover in the podcast, was that people often confuse the difference between integration with interfacing. Can you tell me a little bit about what you mean by that? So that's a great, that's a great point, right? I'm, I'm glad you heard that. So, it, you know, integration in today's world is not just based upon taking widgets and connecting those widgets. It's really understanding that the reality is that IT, physical security, looks at integration no longer as just hanging cameras on a wall or putting, you know, part of the systems in place. It's also software integration, the interfacing of technology, how to take technology now and say, look, adapting software that is so critical to really get to the end result. It, you know, frankly, in the converged world, it's no longer as much about the tool or the, the, the product itself, it's the software behind it, the cloud infrastructure, the cloud systems, how it interfaces with your systems. That integration is so much more critical at this point. And I'm frankly going to tell you that that's what's happening in today's marketplace. You're seeing more and more technology, software-driven, that really does not need to use another tool. It has really can, can adapt to any tool. So that's, that's the beautiful part about where we're at today. Yeah. You spoke, uh, again, uh, about successful integration as being able to break it down into five different components, being cost savings, uh, risk reduction, improved performance, maximised uptime, and then the, that results in the benefits of IoT. Right. Can we sort of go through that a little bit and talk that through as to how we achieve that successful convergence? Sure. So I think that one of the things is that we have to understand what is the purpose of, of, of technology? What is it supposed to accomplish for, for, an in, for a company or uh, for an end user? Um, we have to understand first, A, do we, do we define what risk is and how do we solve that risk? Risk is very, very dynamic. It's, it's not one-dimensional. It, it really incorporates a lot of pieces and parts of an, of an organization. So first and foremost, understand what that risk is. So understanding where you start from, where is your current state, 
where do you need to go? What is the acceptable level of risk of the organization? And ensuring that you understand that so that technology can really solve that over time. Any Band-Aid solution is never going to solve risk. That solves, that solves security problems. That solves tactical issues, not risk. Then what, is it, what, what are we looking for? We're looking for uptime. We're looking for things that work consistently, that you're not looking for technology that, that kind of works, right? I want it to work. I want consistency. I want to make sure that the uptime is appropriate to what you've told me it's going to be. And, and those are the key elements. And, you know, there's, there's a lot more apart that, with that. But I think that when, when we're talking about this, we also want to, want to make sure that when optimizing systems, you also understand that the value, the cost, the, the, we'll just say the, 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 the eventual um, return on investment, right, is also there. But it's not as much the return on investment, it's the run rate for a company. It's how they run their business and how technology can be used to help them build that, that end result, that, that risk mitigation, that cost savings that inevitably makes a successful system. Yeah, and to come back and touch on two of the points that you made there, the first being, um, you know, uptime or runtime, I suppose that plays into some degree longevity of the system. So if I am an integrator and I'm working with a customer to solve a particular problem through building a converged system, given the rate of pace and change that goes on in the technological space at the moment, do I need to be looking to my manufacturer for... Um, I suppose, support guarantees. In other words, well, if, if we're putting the system in, how many years do you promise me you will support this for? Wow, that's a great question. And I think one of the things that all of us have to be aware of is the limitations of technology as it, as it really has, has grown very quickly has really expanded into, into areas we never thought would happen. But, but that's also in ensuring what is the really the future-proofing of that system. And future proofing must be tied to the manufacturer and the integrator as well, but the manufacturer especially. And with that in mind, we also have to, to look at what's the current state of that technology when you bought it. Is that system, and this is, and I hate to say that, you know, there's a good 50% of the technology on, you know, any given day in the industry that's still legacy, right? And, and really knowing what that means. And I think that working with consultants, working with your integrator, working with industry leaders to really look at technology with an open eye and say, well, let me ask you a question. Is the systems that I've been looking at, are they legacy? And, and frankly, what I mean by that is when we talk about connectivity and we talk about implementation, are they going to implement other, are, there, are they multi-purposing our systems, can we adapt and use these t systems to help us solve other problems, right? And can they be connected to more of the systems that we presently use? So interconnectivity is really critical, right? And so I think that, that that's, a, that's, that's a very important point. And I think really asking the manufacturers say, look, I need a warranty at first. I need to ensure that your, your technology is gonna be around. And, the, I, and it's not just about version control. It's also about adaptability to the industry. So you must ask them their roadmap, and that roadmap has to be very clear. Not just, you know, this, this I would just call it the vaporware concept, but really 
functional products and technology in the R&D stage that they are looking to, to provide. And then you have to make a decision. Well, look at the systems that are out there presently and match that system with the system that you maybe presently have and say, this other product could be more future-proof than the one I'm using today. Okay. So then to come back to the second part of that where you said, you know, we, in order to build a properly converged system successfully, you really need to understand the company's appetite for risk. How many integrators themselves when building and designing systems actually understand the concept of risk management and, and risk assess the system they're building? <laughs> wow. You know, a good question, right? I, I, unfortunately, I have to tell you that uh, in the world we live in right now, um, the integrator is lacking in regards to the understanding of some of these technologies. So therefore, they can't understand how that can potentially mitigate those risks. And, and so first, of, first and foremost, I think that um, I would say 25% of the integrators of today truly understand that question and can answer it. It's sad, but true. And there's a reason for that, because unfortunately the integrator is not prepared because they've not really spent the resources to educate their, their people. And one of the main reasons is they're fearful of losing those people once they educate them. And so those resources tend to go away once they've gotten to a point of, of, of really understanding converged infrastructure, and all of a sudden they're, they're moving on to another company. So that's one of the challenges for the integrator, so don't get me wrong, it is, it is complicated. But I can tell you right now that integrators who really spend that time and do exactly that and build that roadmap and understand what that means when they assess technology for the future and look at what what is what is the future look like in terms of the integrating this interfacing this with business processes they're going to be successful and they're going to be in effect called on consistently and i think that most integrators would love that yeah now in in sort of Getting towards the end of this, one of the other key components that you mentioned was education, helping the end user understand what it is that the system does and how they can get the most out of it. Whose responsibility is that education? Because it costs. It costs money and it costs time. In your opinion, is the client responsible to pay for the education of their staff? Is it the integrator who has to provide the education? Or is it the manufacturer who should ultimately be wearing the cost of, well, we need to teach people how to use this? Great question. And I think that that's a question I've had with manufacturers and integrators, as well as end users. It is a shared responsibility. But one thing that I believe is the manufacturers have a big responsibility, right? They're the ones that produce the technology that, that has to be implemented in, in this, these type of environments. So they're first and foremost on the list, okay? The pass-through means that they have to really be, be available for that. Now, if they're available and there's limited cost to be educated for the integrator and the integrator doesn't take advantage of that, then shame on the integrator. So it has to be a combined effort, right? And the end user, once they've begun implementing a technology, have to buy into being educated and sending their people to learn and be educated based on the system at the manufacturer's level. And the manufacturer should be responsible enough to have that as available as possible, meaning road trips to, to, to regions to educate, which a lot of manufacturers do, but it is a combined responsibility. And one of the, 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 the real failing points is that because leaders in some end user type 
environments don't want to do that because it takes them, their people away from what they do. Yeah. So based on your years of experience seeing and doing and, and implementing in this space, if you had to offer integrators possibly your top two or three tips to say if you want a successful implementation that matches client expectations, these are the top three things that you need to do. What would they be? So first and foremost, um, you must have someone qualified in, in IT and cybersecurity that understands what connectivity means, especially in a converged environment. There is cybersecurity program and certificate for SIA that, 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 is, that is available in Europe. There's many certificate programs available to, to gain. And I'm not talking about expert cybersecurity. I'm talking about just implementing that type of situation and, and having base knowledge, right, of, of what that means. That's the first thing. Second thing is that I believe very strongly that most integrators, if they, under, they must understand what an assessment means, what it means to really sit down with the, the client, either review a consultant's assessment, review a technological roadmap that could fit within the client's environment and not be limited to the technology that your, your people are already educated on in the integration world. You have to be very receptive to, ed to educating some of your people to, on systems possibly that, that you aren't representing. Now that takes money, that takes time. But if you're here for the long run and you really understand there's top tier products in the marketplace that are going to be around far beyond you know, all of us, then it's, it's worth it, right? And so I think those companies that really understand it, and then have innovation teams within your, your integrator that understands innovation, understands the new technologies, and really getting prepared to not only certify those type of systems within your, your, your qualified product lines, and have people understand the integrations and what that could do. That tied to the business problems, meaning talk to the industries you want to go into, master those industries. Don't try to, to, to capture everything. You know, sometimes I think integrators try to do it all. And I think that if they just focus on the right things and, and what they are competent in and learn and become masters of those and then maybe move on. But without that, you're, you're, never, going to get, you're never going to be great. You're always going to be somewhat good. And I think most people want to be great. Yeah. Final question. Often we see, um, as an integrator, you will receive a specification written by a consultant. And sometimes it's pretty obvious that those specifications have been written around a product rather than around a solution, which can lead to problems. If I am an integrator and I'm looking at a specification or I'm trying to help a client, what are the warning signs to look for at the beginning stages that this is not going to perform the way the client wants it to? So you must have someone who, first of all, can read that specification and see the, the, the problem, right? That's, that's, that's typical experience. It's also important that make the people aware of what you find. I always say be honest. Just be honest with them and say, look, we're not going to bid this if we, you know, in the question period, have those questions that are going to challenge that. Because I agree with you, by the way. I think that that's a real big challenge for, for the integrator community. I think that there's some of these specifications that were poorly written, and unfortunately they're written in an ad hoc fashion to ensure maybe there's a protection for the, for, for the manufacturer to the end user. 
but ensuring that you have the ability to ask that question and never, never think that you can't just walk away from something because I know that it's tough, but at the end of the day, you know, if all the integrators were to walk away from a spec, then it's going to send a very clear message to the end user to talk to their, their consultant and say, uh, we're, this is not going to work. We need to revise this specification. So I think that, that I've seen this a few times, and it's, it's really frustrating because I think the consultant community, unfortunately, um, you know, we, we've gone through a lot of challenges, I think, in general. Um, uh, but unfortunately, the consultant doesn't master the understanding of technology and how to write a proper spec that can be deliverable can be deliverable appropriately, then they shouldn't be doing that in the first place. So, so I have my, I'm very opinionated about that and I've taken many arrows, but the reality is that as a consultant, um, I try to do it right the first time. Pierre, if people want to read more of your uh, your writings or hear more about you, where do they go? So if you Google uh, Pierre Bourgex, P-I-E-R-R-E, B-O-U-R-G-E-I-X. Uh, just put articles behind it, and you'll 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 get a wealth of information and articles, and uh, a lot of the different presentations that I've been on in regards to convergence systems and converged technology. So uh, you can also reach me at Pierre at esiconvergent.com. Not convergent. It's E-N-T, by the way. dot com, um, and uh, and yeah, you can reach me at that at that email as well. Pierre, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care. It was great talking to you. You too. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more like this one in the ASIAL Security Insider series. You can find them on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Blurberry, uh, the Google Play Store, and all the other great places that you can find amazing podcasts. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Have a great day.